Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and getting excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, enjoy. I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Hello everyone, thank you for joining me, Audrey and I do on this week's podcast of Let's Talk Digital. Today we're going to start the show with a little story which has a happy ending. It was 2016 when Vincent Vivius and Enrico Ferricoli forever altered South Africa's alcohol retail landscape by launching the first on-demand alcohol delivery app and service. A fortuitous pitch to business reality TV show Shark Tank enabled the co-founders to realize their bottles' ambitions and shake up a legacy industry where technology was virtually absent. Fast track to 2020, bottles have more than doubled their reach and trebled their volume of orders this year. They are constantly ranked as a number one app in the food and drink category and are rated within the top 50 apps overall in South Africa. Today we get to speak to Enrico Ferrigoli, the co-founder of Bottles, to tell us the rest of their amazing story. Enrico, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining us. I know how busy you guys are with the Pick and Pay acquisition announced this month. Congratulations are in order. I'm sure a proud moment for you and Vincent. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's absolutely great. And uh, thank you very much for the congratulations. Um, we are really, really excited. Um, especially because we go in there as, uh, you know, one big team. They're taking all of our stuff uh, uh, across to pick and pay. So it's a big opportunity for us. It's a big opportunity for all of our staff. And so it's, 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 really, it's really great. Yeah, I mean, we should have popped the champagne today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we, a little bit too early. Yeah, too early in the day. We'll do it this weekend, don't worry. Um, Enrico, before we start, I just... I uh, want to dig into, you know, who you are. Um, and I know Vincent couldn't be here today because you guys have to divide, you know, some of the responsibilities. So uh, it's great that you are on the show. You were working at Unilever in Italy before you came to South Africa, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's where I started my career. And uh, I spent a few years in, in Italy. I'm Italian. I'm not faking this accent. It's actually my real, <laughs> that's how I speak. Um, and uh, uh, that's where I started my career at Unilever uh, in Italy. But I always had a bit of a hitch to travel and, and use kind of work and corporate jobs as a way to travel. Uh, before Unilever um, in, in Italy, I was, I was in India um, for a year. And then I felt I went back to to um, to Italy just because Unilever called, but I wanted to leave. And when I asked Unilever to let me go somewhere, um, South Africa was the the most exciting of the options that I had been offered. And um, and so I came down to South Africa. That was 2011. Yeah, that was a wise decision to come to South Africa. Look what happened. I, I completely agree, and 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 to be honest, I, I I must tell you that I chose South Africa because I was under the impression, or I just or, or I wanted to be part of a big uh, change of a country that was going through something big, and I think that I I was so lucky that what I had kind of in mind realized it here, right? I I, I feel that 
forget about bottles even. I just think that South Africa grew me uh, and, and, and widened my horizon. Um, uh, and, and it taught me so much that I don't think uh, I could have ever gotten anywhere else. Um, race relations. Like I was born in a country where this is not a, a discussion that happens every day. And is you know, it's something that if you don't have it at your doorstep every day, you can't grow. And and on the uh, entrepreneurship side, I think that people in South Africa are much more hustlers. I think I'd, South Africa convinced me to be an entrepreneur, mm. and I don't think I'll ever I would ever be an entrepreneur in Italy. No, that's fantastic to hear. Tell us about the day you and Vincent went for a bride early in 2016. What happened? <laughs> okay, so so um, we we were at a bride. And uh, we, it was a Saturday afternoon and we had already drank a few beers, so we couldn't drive. And uh, uh, we, it was just the first few kind of months of Uber being uh, uh, launched in South Africa. So uh, we were like, why can't I call, uh, you know, why can't I um, uh, open an app and get drinks delivered to my doorstep the very same way I would call an Uber? And... Uh, and, and, and to be honest, I guess that that was the kind of a, a light bulb moment in a journey that started probably about six months before that, where myself and, and Vince uh, we were both working at Unilever and a bit frustrated by by corporate at that stage. We just wanted to we just wanted to start our own business, and uh, we just wanted to launch an app. And I think on that day we kind of connected multiple pieces of this idea, and. Uh, and there was uh, that bottle was born. Yeah, so you've built and proven your business model with a basic app and three products: Facebook, WhatsApp, and Uber. Tell us more. Absolutely, I, and, and I guess that I should have I should have read the lean startup, uh, and and it's funny that then when I ended up reading it, uh, probably too late, I realized that we actually applied some of those concepts. Uh, you know, um, we literally um, spent. I think we spent something like 120,000 rand on the first version of the app, and it, and it was clunky and it was uh, uh, many things, um, but it it worked. Uh, it worked top to bottom. You can place an order uh, and get it delivered. It was fantastic um, for a very small sum of money. And also, I think that we leveraged anything that we had at our disposal. And in that context, was we used the uh, Facebook to do very geo-targeted advertising in the form of app download post to get people to download the app and start using it. Right now, now think about think about the fact that when we launched, we had one store, right? Uh, one store in Bryanston in Johannesburg, right? So there was no point in me uh, trying to advertise to someone in Claremont, right, or, or someone in Bloemfontein, right? But the beauty of of Facebook is that we could literally drop a pin around in a five kilometer radius around the store and just advertise that base. And it was like, we put a thousand rand, oh, five clients. We put two thousand rand, oh, seven clients. And, and very quickly, we started building a, 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 um, a, a social media or, or, or a marketing strategy and a marketing plan that was very trackable and, and, and very strong. And we know what we could get for the money we were putting in. And that's why to this day, we don't have a media agency doing this for us. We do it internally. Um, 
then then the other two elements were communication between drivers or uh, before even drivers between us and the stores and we use whatsapp and today with 90 stores and multiple delivery partners we still use whatsapp because the reality is that if you are working in a store as a flow manager um actually whatsapp is the easiest communication channel for you to use anything else that maybe require a computer or that is not um you know your primary method of communication is just more difficult right everybody's got whatsapp um and most of it has also have also like zero rated whatsapp right so it's very easy communication channel was already there and we went for it and the third one which i think it was the the, the funniest one is that when we started um bottles um uber eats hadn't launched ordering was the only available um delivery food delivery um but it was still on a website only. Mr. D was, a, a, at that point, a magnet on a fridge. Wasn't part of uh, Nespers yet. So there was no driver network uh, uh, the way you see today, right? Today, wherever you go, you see a thousand drivers everywhere, right? You go to the mall and there's, dr there's, there's bike drivers anywhere. So that wasn't there at that time. So we had to, to, to literally, what we did to start proving the model is we literally called Ubers and put the pickup point at the bottle store. Then we called each and one of those drivers with a script that we had finessed over the years, over, over the month, first months rather, for them to tr exactly understand what they were meant to do. It says, hi, I am not there. I'm not at the bottle store. Please go inside, ask for order one, two, three, four, five, then go back and go to the delivery address. When you get there, you deliver to Audrey. And, and we did that for a very long time, actually. Mm -hmm. We did that for almost the first year. We, had, we got to a place where we had 30 phones with Uber accounts. Um, and, and I think that that was, I think that if we had gone any other way, we would have spent too much money in drivers, too much money in uh, wrong advertising, too much money in building other communication channels. And by using what we, was already there and available and free, um, I think we managed to prove the business model much faster. Yeah, I've, I've actually observed by interviewing a number of people with lean startups that they actually used free tools and platforms to get their business started, which was a very effective strategy at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I mean, even to this day, there's a, there's a range of tools that we still use. And, and a, 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 we use uh, the entire Google suite of products that has a very low cost and very good uh, products. Everything we do is, is cloud-based from accounting. Everything we do is literally pay-as-you-go, very limited fixed cost uh, uh, to, to bear. Because we're still, we're still a startup, right? And we still like try to... Um, spend as much money as we can in customer acquisition and as little as we can in what doesn't move the dial of the business. For sure. So, Enrico, I want to fast track to 2018. How did you come about um, creating that partnership with Pick and Pay? So, um, after a good two years um, of uh, uh, working on bottles, um, I think that the uh, realization was that uh, to achieve scale, we couldn't go uh, store by store. So, so the, the challenge with going uh, uh, and, and signing up one bottle store at a time 
were multiple, right? So, so first of all, you have to go into, you have to literally jump into your car, go to a bottle store, and where you have a store manager that is very interested about what, whatever you're gonna say to him, right? Because he's got a million things to do, and you're trying to sell him this new tool that they can use to, to, to sell online. And then even if they agree to it, then you need to start building a menu, th- their menu, and then manually upload it on a system. And then you never, it, it's never up to date, which is a big thing, right? Um, so, so we realized that the way to scale was to find one major retail partner um, and uh, integrate with them in a way that we could have near live information on the stock on hand and pricing um, and even in that case invoicing the, the order so that everything was suddenly becoming very seamless and very scalable because I have uh, product pricing information on a daily basis always updated with the latest stock on hand um, I can invoice an order straight from SAP without needing to to go to the till all of that makes it so much faster right um, and uh, and we we had a few few meetings and and I think that we just I think that honestly we just gelled with Pika Bay we we just met them and we just felt that there was an alignment on the, of intent uh, the, the 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 people we met uh, were like very interested and excited almost in a way that no other no other company or business or bottle store ever was and i think it was a so refreshing for us that we like pick and pay this is what we, we want to go for because they showed like this is this is small this is like it's not really important it's not there's not a big turnover making thing yet i have four senior people talking to me in a meeting and wanting to trial this out and uh, and that was uh, that's that's why we go with pick and pay yeah, as I recall, Pick and Pay was one of the first retailers to start their online business. I mean, they've always been consistent and innovative in terms of trying out new things. So I'm not surprised by what you said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they are the, the, the biggest uh, uh, online uh, uh, retailer in, in Africa. They are the first, I think, I think started in 2001. Um, and a very strong business model. Um, so I think there was another thing for us that uh, um, in this acquisition um, it was very important because uh, they have a lot of experience uh, and I think that together we can, uh, we can be really, really strong. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, in, in hindsight, not knowing what was to come in 2020, that um, that strategy actually proved uh, successful for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, look, I think that um, I, I was I was I was doing a, um, a, a talk or a podcast a couple of months ago, and the whole the whole theme was partnerships, and uh, and it's exactly what you're saying. The the the, the reality is that. I managed to pivot, and we'll talk about the, the COVID pivot uh, uh, shortly. I'll ex- try to explain it, but we we couldn't have done that had we not uh, spent time building a strong partnership with Pick and Pay, a a strong partnership with the people that make it happen within Pick and Pay, a partnership where we trust each other, a partnership where when I say something they believe in what I'm saying, a partnership that 
that way we help each other and we don't uh, uh, put and you know we don't put uh, uh, um, holes on each other's path. Uh, and uh, it's it's the most it's it's really important. It's really important. Um, and and I think that's one thing that startup need to look at as a way to scale uh, faster. So let's let's talk about that. Your pivot, your COVID pivot, as you call it, in 2020. I mean, how does a lean startup um, manage to uh, actually grow and exceed expectation when there is a global crisis going on? And we've seen a lot of lean startups close shop during this time. So um, how did you actually scale up and? Um, try and adapt to this new current situation? Look, I think uh, in all fairness to the other startups that are struggling uh, right now, I, I think, you know, we, we mustn't forget that there is definitely an element of luck in being an on-demand delivery player uh, during a global pandemic when people have to stay at home, right? So it's not just, it's, it's not just uh, you know, the work we have done and, uh, and and all of that, it's honestly also, we're an on-demand delivery app when people need to stay at home. So we had a huge opportunity in front in front of us. I think that the part that we could control is that um, as soon as the liquor ban was announced, we knew that we had no business, right? And uh, when you have 30 employees, uh, um, the, the, the idea of having no business scares the hell out of you. So, um, we literally went into crisis mode and spent two days at the office trying to figure this out. And then all of a sudden, just it just dawns on us. It's like, Pick and Pay doesn't have an on-demand delivery app. We have the technology. We have the integration. We have everything we need. We just call a meeting with Pick and Pay. And the funny part is that the Pick and Pay leadership team comes up with that same idea in that same meeting with us and we're like, okay, so we, we already on the same page on what we need to do. Um, and this is the Monday morning. And on Thursday morning, um, we launch the first two stores with an incredible customer response. And by Sunday, we have 65 stores live. And by the Second Sunday, we have about 90 stores live across South Africa, um, and the business triples or trebles um, almost uh, almost overnight. And uh, so, so, so I think that uh, you can look at this as a, a crazy four days uh, uh, pivot. But the reality, I think, that we mustn't forget to go back to the partnership point is that the only reason that we've been able to pivot in four days is because we built the structure and processes required us to be able to do something like that in the last two years. So it was a four days pivot that was two years in the making, if you like. And um, yeah, so your partnership with Pick and Pay and where you are netting off now, you've got, uh, well, the latest stats that I have seen is 70,000 downloads, 300,000 registered users, and over 200 delivery drivers nationwide. Yeah, I mean, the, those numbers keep on growing. Um, but that's, yeah, that, that's where that, that's just bottles, by the way, right? So, so with, with, uh, 
with uh, if you were to put together bottles and pick a pair, we we are by far uh, the the biggest uh, uh, grocery um, database in South Africa, uh, which is exciting because I think that that as a joint uh, business we have a really big opportunity, um, and I think a very strong customer proposition, um, and uh, and I think that yeah the the future is is really fun and exciting and. Uh, and bright yeah i definitely um i just want to pause and talk about um uh, talk about the industry from an e-commerce perspective and i'm sure you have picked up you know this year has been we've seen a a double digit growth of e-commerce in south africa and what it's done to on-demand service like delivery services um looking at the logistics, the tech, the consumer behavior changes. What are some of the learnings, observations you found happening during um, 2020? So, look, I think from a, from a consumer perspective, I think what uh, was really exciting for us is that e-commerce penetration uh, has been a slow burn around the world, right? If you look at kind of, e-commerce penetration in the U.S., e-commerce penetration in South Africa, it took like 20 years to to to, to get to not even being 10% in the U.S., right? Um, to, to the point that, that I, when we're having a, a, a meeting with, with the Pick and Pay CEO, who, who has had a long uh, career at, in Tesco in the U.K., and 25 years ago, he launched the Tesco, Tesco online website. So, so this has been like like 25 years in the making and now this had fast tracked to a point of no return i think that's the exciting part for me is that um the 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 challenge with e-commerce is is whatever business uh, you have or uh, whatever delivery or on-demand business you have i think the biggest challenge is always for people to try it out and then once you have tried it out, you, only then you truly understand the value it has in your life. You know what I mean? If you're accustomed to go and buy your own grocery or forget grocery is a bit more complicated. Let's say you, you're accustomed to go and buy your uh, uh, electronics or a USB cable when, uh, when it, it breaks. Um, and the, the, then once, one day you use take a lot and the next day someone ring at your door with a, your USB cable. You're like, oh, my God, why? Why would I want to go to the store again? Um, and uh, so, so I think that the beauty of what's happening here is that the, not only changed the consumer uh, perception, but it changed the consumer behavior. I don't think this is go- going. Uh, there's there's go- any going back to it. Um, grocery specifically is a bit more complicated um, because I think that there are more reservation um, from users to to to. Um, to do grocery, um, to get grocery delivered. And that's mainly because there's the, you, you want to choose your vegetable and you want to choose your meat, you want to choose expiry dates um, and, and all of those kind of things. And you're a little bit worried that, that the picker won't do the job you would do. And, and, but at the same time, I think if we are able to show them that we can operationally, right, I, I think that we have a strong proposition um, probably even stronger than uh, normal, uh, you know, than, than, than buying a book or buying technology because the reality is that uh, I, I, 
buying grocery is probably the 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 the, the single uh, the single most important thing that you have to do in your life beyond work right there's, there's, if you only if you can only do one thing in your life is you you got to go and buy food to eat right um so you always have to do it right and uh, if you have a family and kids you have to do this on a saturday morning so you can't enjoy your saturday morning with your family you've got to go to to the to the grocery store to buy your groceries it's never fun right and i think we have the opportunity to to take this to to give 2 hours back to our clients um with only 10 minutes of browsing an app it's it's it's, it's major for me right is a is actually a bigger pool than uh, buying a book online. Yeah, I mean, I just put in, I mean, from a consumer perspective, I would see convenience and time saving a huge plus in terms of using the service. But for me, the more compelling proposition is around the user experience because that 60 minutes delivery time is quite compelling for people, you know. Um, I order now. I don't want to wait a day or two to get my my order delivered to me. I need instant gratification. We, I think you guys have have sold it to say we will deliver in sixty minutes. How's that working for you in terms of keeping up with scheduling and making sure that customers are actually um, their promises actually kept? Um, so, so look, w w when we first started uh, with bottles, um, the, uh, you're right. The, the main difference is that before bottles, you could buy a case of beer on, uh, I don't know, bottle shop and get it delivered in three days. And like, who needs a beer in three days? No one, right? Um, so so um, it, that 60 minutes or that, that on-demand delivery is, is really important. And I think it, it was really, really, really important um, on liquor. I think that uh, what we are going to see more and more on grocery, especially as hopefully we don't go back into lockdown and people go back to work a little bit more, is the, probably the need to schedule your delivery a little bit more. So we, of course, working on uh, scheduling functionality um, so that you can choose what, when to get your product delivered. Um, but if you just want it now, we still deliver in, 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 yeah, in about 60, 75 minutes. Um, so if you just need a, you know, like a quick top up, uh, we, 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 we can get that to you, uh, really fast. Uh, and the way we do it is we have an extensive network of stores. We've got 90 stores across the country. So no drivers never have to drive for more than like two or three kilometers. Um, we are consistent in improving our store picking operations, um, and uh, um, yeah, we we think that we have a, a compelling proposition that uh, in the next few years is set to grow exponentially. This month, with the announcement of Pick and Pay purchasing bottles, what does that mean for your business proposition going forward? It 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 remains the same. Um, uh, uh, the 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 we believe uh, that uh, bottles has a brand that people know, um, and uh, Pick and Pay is giving us a lot of freedom, um, a lot of support, um, and uh, the the proposition the, the proposition remains the same. The proposition is Pick and Pay in store price uh, delivered to you in sixty minutes, um, which I think is really strong, right? Because I think that before. 
us. Um, you, you could only buy grocery on aggregators where you were paying 7 to 10% uh, um, concierge fee, right? And uh, when you add 10% to your grocery bill, it hurts. And I think that our proposition is it's instant price. Instant price delivered in 60 minutes. Um, and uh, um, I think it can only get better with, with the help and support of, uh, of Pick and Pay behind us. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about your personal growth and your relationship with your partner, Vincent. What did you guys learn along the way in this last two to four years? Um, look, I, I, I think that I, I guess I should start from a disclaimer that that mentions how blessed I think we we know we are of having met each other. We met each other at Unilever, and fun enough, he was my first boss, and he was three years younger than me, and uh, and uh, and I was gunning for his job, and. Uh, <laughs> And, and when I asked my director to get that job, which honestly I could have done with my eyes closed, she says to me, yeah, you can do this, but I'm sorry. There is this guy, Vincent, that is coming back from the US and the job is already his. So I hate Vincent until I meet Vincent. And then I spend, as I meet Vincent, we spend the night together the first night and we are we best friends since then. Um, and uh, so, so, so we were best friends before uh, starting Bottles, and we have always worked together. I basically worked with Vince for the last 10 years of my life consistently. Um, and I think that the, the, the most important thing here for me is, uh, or I guess kind of the insights that I would uh, want to leave you guys with, is one, um, if you start a business, don't ever start it alone. It's better to have 15, 50% of a business um, that you are doing in partnership with someone that you really trust um, rather than having 100% of a business and you're alone. Because when times are dark, they're really dark. And when they're dark, you need someone else to pull you up. So, so I think one of the most important things that we realize is that very seldom we've been both at the same time down. And very often when I'm down, he pulls me up. When I when when he's down, I pull him up. And uh, it's it, it just... It's, it's incredible, right? Because it's just, you, you just, you're just faster and better if you have someone that consistently supports you, uh, whatever you're doing. Um, there is a big element of trust. The, I acknowledge that he is the best marketer I've ever met and the best strategist I've ever met. And, uh, and I trust him in those areas more than I trust myself. Um, which means that we can make decision much faster because even if we may disagree on something, we know that disagreeing and not making a decision is always going to hurt, hurt us more than trusting each other. He trusts me on tech and operations. I trust him on marketing and, and strategy. Um, I was, I was uh, recently um, reading a book about, a, about someone that started a business and sold it to Facebook. And there's an entire uh, chapter about the relationship with, uh, um, with your co-founders. And the way he describes it is like a marriage without the F. <laughs> and, uh, and that's exactly how I would describe it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like a mar- it's like a marriage. 
and uh, and uh, y- y- yeah, if there is one suggestion that I would uh, give to anyone, uh, is find a partner to start a business with. Don't do it alone. So technically, you have two wives, Enrico. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let your first wife get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she does. Oh, she does. She does get jealous, and 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 go, and and Vincent's fiance gets jealous. Dave, I think it's it's also why I I I I laugh about it because this is not just even my wife or Vincent's uh, uh, fiance. This is like every friend that we have, right? Because they all hate on us because we always like one next to the other. We always talking to each other, and whatever bri we are, they always hate on us, right? And this. It's just how it is. <laughs> we can't help it. Well, it seems like you're one big happy family, hey? Yeah, we 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 worked every day to make sure that we are. Um, and uh, it's just, it, it, I guess that for me, uh, and this is probably a big insight that, that Vince taught me, is, um, is about resentment. If you build resentment because you don't think you've been heard, listened to, you haven't, uh, been able to ad- address your point of view, then uh, um, at some point it, 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 it you know it boils up and then uh, there's a fight. So the way we approach everything we do is if I disagree, if I have a point, if I want to say something, if he hurt me with something he said, I tell him. I tell him straight away. I tell him before it becomes a a, a, a source of resentment. So that's why I say it's actually like a marriage, right? Because mm. that's what you would do with your wife or husband is you want to address points before they become uh, sources of, of resentment. No, for sure. So Enrico, in closing, what would be your final words to anybody listening to this podcast that has a dream of starting their business, that is thinking of giving up, that is too cautious to take the risk to start something new, what would be your your wise words of wisdom to them? Um, I would say that there is no time like today to start your own business. I think that South Africa is in a very, very unique position with, uh, um, with a lot of opportunities out there with a lot of people trying to do something that will want to partner with you because they're also in the, this hustle, right? Um, and, and I think in this concept, I, I think that the reality is that if you are, if you have, you know, a corporate job and you're scared of losing it, the reality is that in the worst case scenario, you start a business and it fails, two years later, you're going to go back to any corporate job because any corporate uh, 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 manager will look at this and say, oh, wow, you started your business. It didn't go well, but you started. So I think there's no way you can actually l- lose in, in life. And, and, and honestly, I started my own business and I put the money in the business and I looked at that as this is my real life MBA. I always wanted to do an MBA. I couldn't. And this was my real life MBA. So I think um, do it, do it, and go and do it every single day. You gotta, you gotta continue doing it every single day. The people that make it, on or the, the ideas that make it, are not necessarily 
always the best ideas. They are the ideas that are executed every single day. No matter how hard yesterday was, you got to wake up today and go again. Um, and, and, and that's it for me. There is no secret sauce. Yeah, that's very inspiring because I was reading, uh, I think you sent me a document and the one word that really stood out was tenacity. So I think that gives oh, yeah. us the courage, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the tenacity ties back to what I was saying earlier about the, the relationship with your co-founder. Like literally, the, the, we have been saying to each other, and tomorrow we go at it again so many times. And this is like after working, the, the, there was a time in the first couple of years where we were working 21 days on, two days off. Because we were open seven days a week and we didn't have a lot of stuff. And, and like in, at the end of the 21st day that you've been working like the whole day from like nine to nine, it's hard. And, but, but you gotta do it. You gotta keep on doing it and you gotta go to bed and, and, uh, and do it again the next day. So Enrico, thank you so much for being on the show today. I mean, I am so inspired by you guys' story and we just want to wish you all the best and success for Bottles as you start a new chapter in your book. Thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, uh, you inviting me and uh, I wish you guys all the best. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and to keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.